It's always a pleasure to catch up with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. You can read his position paper on an exploratory run for governor in the state of Ohio at OhioMatt.com. And I've been remiss in not reminding you to read his substack, The Patriot Mind. He posts a lot of interesting content there. Matt can be followed on Twitter at OhioMatt. And certainly this morning, Matt, the thing we have to talk about at the top is... The Devin Archer transcript is out. He sat for an interview with Tucker Carlson that came out last night on X, or Twitter, as it used to be known. I keep getting frustrated by the fact that Democrats always react to every new revelation in this burgeoning Biden scandal that there's no evidence, there's nothing tying the president. But boy, all the puzzle pieces sure seem to fit into place, particularly Devin Archer saying that the brand was important. And I don't know what the Biden brand is worth if it doesn't include access to Joe Biden. Yeah, well, look, so if you watch the twi- the, the uh, Tucker interview on Twitter, uh, and I will not call it X because that's goofy, um, the most uh, interesting part is when Tucker asked that obvious question that is, you know, the, the whole de- Democrat defense, right, is, oh, you know, he just happened to call in and these are just, you know, yeah. talking about the weather. There's nothing important here. And Tucker said, you know, I've been in lots of meetings, and I, I never call my kids, and my kids never call me. And if they did, I, I certainly wouldn't put them on speakerphone. Why would Hunter put Joe on speakerphone when he's in a business meeting? That's and the, the answer, question. of course, is the obvious one, right? Yep. Because that's the whole signal. That's yep. the, I can call my dad in a heartbeat, and we can start getting things solved. And that's why you're paying me 86000 a month if you're Burisma, or $5 million twice, 10 million for if you're the CFC, right, or any of these other people that they were getting money out of, that's the point of the call. That's why you put them on speaker, because I don't know about you, Bruce, I would never answer a call from my kids if I'm in a meeting and on speaker. Like, nope. what if they're asking me an embarrassing question? Yep. <laughs> Dad, did you do the yep. laundry? My underwear need to be clean, right? Like, can you imagine, like, so you, you only do that because it's the whole point of the call. Yeah, and, nor would I ever call him in the middle. Nor would I ever call him in the middle of a business meeting to make small talk about the weather. That's or exactly about, right. You know. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's the most interesting part that Devin confirms, which, which again, we all know. Everybody but the Democrats, and they know it. They just don't want to admit it, right? That 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 Joe Biden absolutely was part and parcel of the business of the fleecing of the selling of influence. He should be impeached. And, you know, the more this starts coming out, you know, he, the likelihood he runs for reelection is, is growing is growing less and less. I hate to, I hate to break it to people. So that that's a reality. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But what my uh, most interesting part of this to me is, is I'm old enough to remember Watergate. I was a kid, but I remember it. And I remember that Republicans eventually parted from Nixon because they were like, this is wrong. This is guilty. This is high crimes and misdemeanors. And you've got to go. And so he resigned. Do you think there can be evidence that will surface? Most likely it's bank records tying uh, the bribes, you know, through the shell companies. There's not going to be a direct wire from Zolchevsky uh, to Joe Biden. But can you envision any kind of evidence, maybe the tape, if it exists, of Biden and Zolchevsky, that would cause enough Democrats in the Senate to switch over and side with Republicans and that Joe Biden would actually be impeached? Uh, not publicly, but but look, I think it is not coincidental that the New York Times leaked that Barack Obama met with Joe Biden to tell him that you know Donald Trump will not be an easy opponent. And I, I, I think that there was more to that conversation than they're leaking. But, but the, I mean, that only gets leaked if 
either Joe Biden or Barack Obama leaks it, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to figure out who the one is the leak there. I mean, this is this is the beginning of the the Democrat grand, you know, poobahs, the bigwigs that are going to start essentially pushing Joe. Uh, to not run for election, and then they'll they'll defend they'll say we'll defend you. We won't let you get impeached and convicted, i.e., kicked out of the White House. Uh, we won't like support you resigning, but you're not running for your election. I think that's what's going to happen. Matt Mayer, our guest, OpportunityOhio.org is his website. His site to articulate his uh, stance on the issues that concern Ohio regarding his exploratory run for governor is OhioMatt.com. His Substack is the Patriot Mind, and that's not a subscription. You can read that. Uh, free the patriot mind search it via substack uh also on twitter at ohio matt okay the trump indictment uh we're criminalizing free speech now we're going to criminalize uh, republicans when they lie but not democrats when they lie if in fact trump was lying uh this is an absolute train wreck i think it is a show trial just to get january 6 footage out there on the media to you know disparage trump's campaign But here's what I see coming that no one else has talked about yet, or at least I have not heard. We know he's not going to get a fair trial in D.C., which how sad is that to have to say, but it's just a foregone conclusion. He's not. We know he's landed with a judge who loves to give harsher sentences to J6 protesters than even the prosecution asked for. Am I nuts to say that if this progresses to the point where the Supreme Court hears this case— isn't there going to be a hue and cry from the left and all kinds of pressure exerted on Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett, and uh, Gorsuch to uh, back out of this because they're Trump appointees and thus they have a conflict of interest, which would then give the liberals on the court the majority? Uh, you probably. I mean, of course, of course, that's what the left will do. But look, I mean, the, the, the Clinton appointees didn't recuse themselves from their Bush v. Gore case. Uh, back in 2000. So there's no precedent for them to do that, right? Just because they were appointed by a guy doesn't mean they should. I mean, that's the same reason then the judge should recuse herself because she's an Obama appointee sitting over the guy who replaced Obama, right? So I, I it won't fly. Um, but but look, I mean, this is what... So there's a guy named Jonathan Turley. He is mm-hmm. a, a, a law professor at American University. And he's a, he's a Democrat, by the way. But But I have found him to be a very calm, clear voice on these issues because... You know, if he says it's bad, then you kind of go, well, you know, he's kind of a guy who calls, you know, balls, balls and strikes, strikes. And and his take on this is if you essentially redline out what are clear First Amendment right things, you're left with very little in that indictment. Yep. And so 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 when 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 you say we've really tried to criminalize the First Amendment, that's exactly right. And as you know, Bruce, right. What about the Russia hoax? Was that a, not a fraud on the American public? What about the 51 intelligence officers who signed a letter knowing it was false? Was that a, not a fraud on the U.S.? What about the 20, uh, 2000, the 2004 and the 2016 electoral college challenges by the left? Were those not frauds on the U.S.? And, and that's the point is you, you just can't start criminalizing politics because if, if this is what we do today, right, we know what, then when we're in charge, we have an obligation to come back at them as aggressively as they are coming at us, because otherwise, right, it's unilateral disarmament, and you'll lose. So, so this is just bad for bad for America in many, many ways, including a, an attack on the core fundamental First Amendment right to not only petition your government, but speak about your government and your government being bad. Matt Mayer, our guest, check out his website about an exploratory run for governor, OhioMatt.com. Follow him on Twitter at OhioMatt. Okay, uh, the last election, we had uh, a lot of conversation about reforming the Republican State Central Committee. 
and some of the issues around that were expen- expenditures, how the money was being spent, and how uh, the state Republican Party was endorsing in primaries. What's been done on that? Have you uh, looked into that? Has that been impacting you as you explore a run for governor? Or are you concerned about it? Yeah, yeah I'm deeply concerned about it because the, the, the way that this works, right, is there are 64 state Central Committee members. You need 30, 30, there's 66, you need 34 to, to essentially get an endorsement. And so there are about 20 people on the state Central Committee who oppose endorsing candidates. They want them to have an even, even playing field and, and, and see who wins. And the reason why the endorsement is important is because if you get it, then you know the Republican Party sends out a slate card to every Republican voter that has the name of your name on it, and lots of voters will just go in and take that card and vote the vote what's on the list. So it's a huge, essentially indirect campaign contribution to whoever gets that endorsement. And so what's happening is is there is a move now to try to take out those who don't want to endorse candidates so that they can help Houston because Houston's now in deep trouble because, right, Dave Yost announced he's getting in the race. So now you have two statewide candidates, two establishment candidates, and then there's me out here, right, the outsider, non-career politician. And, and John Houston knows that Dave's going to siphon off some of those state Senate committee votes. So if there are 20 who oppose endorsement, that's at least only 44 left that you can essentially, you know, try to get 34 out of the 44, right? And, and you're, the math gets, gets harder and harder to get the number to get the endorsement. So they do other things like they say, oh, you know what, we're going to have one vote on endorsing all statewide offices. That way you have that backroom smoke deal stuff where you say stuff like, I'll vote for your guy if you vote for my guy. Uh, we start swapping those things, right? Mm. The kind of stuff people detest. So they do that kind of stuff as well. So they're all the, and they do it by secret ballot, so because they don't want people to know who who did the endorsements, right? So there's all that kind of stuff that just needs to end, and we need to be against endorsements if there are multiple candidates in the race, and unless, like you know, as as proverb says, right, as iron strengthens iron, let one man strengthen another. Let us fight it out on a playing fair playing field, and whoever wins wins. But but but, but get the state party getting behind a candidate is just not the way to go because those people represent their districts, and their districts in many cases didn't vote for who they got endorsed. And, you know, last time around, DeWine Houston got the endorsement, but they only got 48% of the vote in the Republican primary. So a majority didn't support that endorsement, if you know what I mean. Yep, I do, and I'm with you on all of that. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow him on Twitter, at OhioMatt. Check out his detailed position paper on the issues that concern Ohio regarding his exploratory run for governor at OhioMatt.com. Thanks for the time today, as always, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Bruce. So I uh, made an announcement yesterday that uh, I may be, I'm pretty sure I will be, uh, absent from the airwaves here at 989 The Answer for uh, an extended period of time. It might be like three months. Uh, Why? Because I have decided to run for my local school board. Uh, Why am I running? Uh, It's not because I really want to win. It's because I feel like I have the skill set that's necessary uh, in my home district to stand up for things that I do not want to become a part of my home district. I want parents to continue to have a big say in how their kids are educated. I want to listen to parents. I uh, do not want my home district, which is located outside 270, uh, to become what I see all around me in uh, other suburban districts that even 
you know, have decent reputations. I think most people think, oh, the Olentangy District, wow, they're growing like crazy. They really got it all going on. Seeing their beautiful buildings at Liberty and Olentangy Original and Orange. and uh, Well, uh, that district, to me, uh, made a big, big, big mistake uh, two years ago when they had the chance to elect a couple conservatives on their school board. They didn't. They went uh, further woke. And now we see at Olentangy a position in place where if students, quote unquote, misgender someone, they can be punished. So if you have an authentic faith objection to denying the existence of God's perfection by saying, yeah, I believe you were made in the wrong sex. If you don't want to do that, well, they can sanction you, punish you as an Olentangy student. Uh, I received an email today from someone who is uh, or has in the past contested a similar issue in the Dublin schools. Now, a few years ago, Hilliard schools had a superintendent named John Marshausen. John Marshausen left Hilliard and went to Dublin. And, oh, the Dublin people were so happy to get John Marshausen. Oh, he's just so phenomenal. Well, John Marshausen is a very skilled, backstabbing liar. If you're a parent and you have conservative values and you go in and talk to John Marshausen, he will, maybe not anymore, but he used to be really good at making you think that, don't worry, I'll take care of this. You're right. I'll be on top of that situation. And then you would leave and nothing would happen. And now, since the mask is off, his wokeness, because Protect Ohio Children captured him on a Zoom call where John Marshausen was denigrating parents and parents having input in their... How, how dare they? Parents want to have input in their students' education. Uh, John Marshausen is less one to bother with the uh, cosmetic tolerance for people who don't share his woke agenda. Uh, this person who reached out to first the principal at Dublin Jerome, Mike Arn, who I know, and he's also skilled at telling you everything you want to hear and then doing nothing to address your concern. Um, this person raised the same concern about why do students have to be sledgehammered into affirming the whole gender nonsense that's proliferating in schools now. And it's, here's the thing. I understand why the gender dysphoria stuff is burgeoning in schools. Just go back to your own life when you were a teenager early on in your teen years. You were looking for... (laughs) A wall to blend into, right? Did you want to stand out? Did you want to stand alone? Were you comfortable in your own body? Your body's going through puberty. Were you cha- Were you happy with all that, how you look? The acne, the awkwardness, all that. The reason why transgenderism proliferates is because very often the people who are searching for community, searching for approval, searching for friends, searching for identity, they find it in a movement that, oh, you know what? You know what's wrong? You're, I went through that too, and you're, you're going through it. And if you'd only, like, you were probably born in the wrong body. You went through the wrong puberty. And, you know, I've, I was born a boy, but now I'm a girl. And I was born a girl, and now I'm a boy. And I'm so happy. They find all that community and all that 
embrace that they're looking for, figuratively, maybe literally. And so I get it, but it leads them down a path to personal destruction. The suicide numbers in the transgender movement, the biggest lie out there is, oh, you know, the suicide numbers are really high. The attempted suicide numbers, the depression numbers, they're so, so high because uh, people don't approve of their lifestyle choices. That's not why at all. It's because when you try to deny who you are, who you were created by God to be, you have no inner peace. You have no inner peace. What do you have? You have inner turmoil. What does inner turmoil lead to? Desperation. What does desperation lead to? Bad choices. And there's no choice worse than suicide. So I get it. But these people who are supposed to be leaders, supposed to be shepherding these young people through the difficult portions of their life, they're not helping them. John Marshausen's not helping kids in the Dublin school district by abiding them in their delusion. Mike Arn's not helping them in the Dublin school district by abiding them in their delusion. No administrator is, nor are the pastors, the woke pastors. I hesitate to even call them pastors. Of course they're pastors because the dispatch shoves them down your throat every single time there's an issue that the dispatch is against, and they're decidedly against state issue one. And so, well, let's get a faith perspective. Let's go talk to Tim Aarons of First Congregational Church. Let's go find a heretic who's leading all of his parishioners straight into hell. And let's say, oh, see, this pastor, he's against it. All this is a bunch of garbage. Anyway, this woman in Dublin was asking questions, and they lied to her. These administrators in Dublin lied to her. They say, oh, federal law requires that you recognize people's chosen gender. No, it doesn't. It does not. They are not a protected class. That is a flat-out lie. I'm going to look further into this and hold the people accountable who are saying this. But this has become the guiding principle of my show, which meshes with what I thought would be the guiding principle of my show, which is to tell the truth, whether it's about politics in Washington, whether it's about some local political issue, whether it's about a local school issue. I am determined to, as best I can, use the truth of the Bible to determine what truth is and how it applies to these other issues. And we must protect our kids from this nonsense because their very lives depend on it.